Welcome to another episode of the Christian Buddy Podcast. I am now here with the awesome Ben. How's it going today? Pretty good. It's been a very long day, but this was the highlight, the highlight of my day <laughs> and my week. That is, that's, that's awesome to hear. And first off the bat, I'd like to say that's a very charismatic voice there and that you, you do have quite a, a, t- a talented background in voiceovers. And I wanted to kind of touch on that. How did you get started in doing voiceovers? Well, um, I, started by, I started by talking. And I thought that was a really good way to to start, linguistically, of course. And uh, I think that uh, it, I actually started in, in musical theatre, uh, singing and, and whatnot. And I realised I wasn't particularly good at that. But then after puberty hit, uh, this happened. And <laughs> um, it's, it's just been something that I've been really uh, passionate about um, is the spoken word and uh, voice acting and voiceover work. So it took a little bit of time to find my feet and to develop the uh, the sound and the skill uh, to deliver and work properly. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with what my voice does at the moment and apparently clients are too. So I'm very happy with that. Fantastic. And I hear that you're an avid coffee drinker. Uh, is yes. there any go-to coffee that that you uh, you're currently enjoying at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I used to live in Brunswick. Oh, I, I lived in Queensland, and then I moved down to Melbourne, uh, moved to Brunswick East, and I was so spoilt there. That's where most of my coffee knowledge has come from. Is Brunswick East? So I'd walk out the front door every morning, and you'd be able to smell all the different roasters doing a whole heap of different things. And we had so many award-winning roasters there. And Melbourne is just just a perfect melting pot of uh, experimental coffee flavors and styles and all sorts of blends and stuff. It's great. So my favorite is a uh, medium roast, of, uh, like a full-flavored creamy medium roast. And, uh, you know, that's not a, a dark... Italian coffee. It's sort of what I would call a quintessentially signature Australian coffee. And that's, that's my favorite. And I, I'm, I'm relatively flexible around that as long as it's a nice half decent roast. Are you a fan of the Nescafe as well? Or you kind of skip? Oh my skip- God, blend 43. <laughs> oh, so amazing. So amazing. Uh, and a little bit of international roast just to mix it up. Oh, wow. Um, A funny story, though, when I start, I remember starting on uh, breakfast radio on the Sunshine Coast, and I was a bit of a coffee snob then. I I used to always have like nice coffee. Um, And I I remember the first day on on breakfast radio, the co-host said, oh, well, let's go to a song and we'll make you a nice cup of that Blend 43. I thought she was joking and taking this, but no, no, she was dead serious. And I went, oh, Blend Blend 43? Seriously? No, that's terrible. Ah, why would you do that? That's shocking. Blah, blah, blah. Don't drink that stuff at all. It's terrible. Only to discover that it was actually made in that town. Uh, so, okay. yeah. So all through the uh, all through the factory were playing the uh, station that I was newly on. Me saying Blend 43 is rubbish and it's actually playing in the Blend 43 factory. 
So it's a bit awkward. All right. Yeah. yeah all right. Very awkward. Very <laughs> awkward. And after the break, I went, Oh, I haven't tasted this in such a long time. It's lovely. It's really nice. Mm, you can really taste the hot water. Fantastic. Uh, I, I'm actually from Brunswick and uh, I, I, I recommend uh, there's a place called code black and they shout out to code oh. black. If, if you're listening and um, absolutely. Uh, and, constant uh, spelling mistakes on their menu, but amazing coffee. So I do <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's but, one to visit. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Code Black, I do really, really enjoy, and they're actually really, really nice people there, and they do some good food. Um, also, uh, Padre just up the road. That's pretty good as well. Oh, okay. Um, that's on uh, further up on Sydney Road, and um. Actually, Ten Tables is quite nice as well uh, in Brunswick East. It's Where, near... Where's that? Where's uh, that located? Oh, it's only tiny and uh, only because it's got Ten Tables. That's the oh, size right. of it. Um, it's near the uh, one, one of the parks there, which is really good with the uh, just off Glen Lyon Road. Uh, right. So anybody else that's listening to this that's not from Brunswick or our neck of the woods is going to go, I don't know what these guys are talking about. But uh, in the interest of tourism and local tourism, you actually should, if you live in Melbourne or you're visiting, make a trip out and experience all the wonders of Brunswick and Brunswick East. Uh, it's a lovely place to to check out lots of eclectic shops. Sydney Road's great and lots of great places to get coffee. Uh, in fact, when I lived there, I used to do a, a coffee crawl. So I'd find <laughs> four or five people that were doing some really good roasts at the time. And for my international or interstate friends, I'd go, yeah, cool. Come on, let's do a coffee crawl. And we do a piccolo at each of them. And it's great. Uh, Wide Open Road was the other one as well. That's um, right. Uh, that's pretty good. That's uh, near the Barclay Square shopping center. Cool. So, Fantastic. yeah, heaps of great coffee. And incidentally, if you can't make it, don't stress. You can Google all of these places we're talking about and they actually sell you beans and they'll ship them to you. They're really wonderful. It's a, yeah, it's a good cause. It's kind of, we're helping out the, uh, the local economy. Uh, you know, these people have gone through tough times, so it's good to yep. support the cafes. And you're uh, also helping yourself out by staying awake and drinking coffee. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd, I'd like to um, switch gears here now. And I've heard that you're a bit of a trivia buff as well. Um, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> if, if, uh, if, if, the if, little grey cells. Yes. Um, if, you, if you like, I've never done this on the podcast before, but All right, I, let's have, do it. I have a, um, a, a five-minute trivia that I'd like to put you through, if, if, if that's okay. all right. Yep, all right. Normally, I'm asking the questions, so I love this. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. All right. Uh, I'm is gonna, it trivia about me? Because I'd probably still get it wrong. Uh, there might be. I'm not sure. I haven't actually looked ah, at this right, one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I'm going to share my screen. Alrighty. Okay. So that has that come up on your side there? Yeah, I can, yeah, I can see this. All right. So I guess I'm just going to read out the questions and yeah. um, see how we go from there. Um, quiz. Oh, okay. Pressure's on. All right. Like you had the code black coffee. <laughs> Swedish people have the world's firmest, and these are all the answers. Oh. <laughs> that's a good one. That's, that's an icebreaker. <laughs> oh, gosh. Isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, Swedish people have the world's firmest uh, fatal heart disease? No, I don't think so. <laughs> 
the world's firmest, uh, broken bones, uh, sticky rice, water pistols, your Wi-Fi. Uh, let me see. Do you know what? I part of me would go uh, handshakes. All right, let's handshakes. Yep, that's correct. Yes, well done. Nice work. After Barack Obama visited Kenya in 2015, two women named their sons. Uh, I want to say Air Force One, but that's not right. Um, Samurai sword and blowtorch. <laughs> or water pistols are banned. Um, let's, uh, you know what? Um, I, I want to go samurai sword and blowtorch, but, um, or open arrest warrants. Can you imagine calling your kid that? Yeah, that's uh, or there's two kids, so maybe she called them both a stunt double. Um, oh goodness! Let's go. Let's go. Uh, samurai sword and blowtorch. I can't see any of the other. Um... All right. No, that's wrong. Unfortunately. Uh, all right. Oh, that's ne- right. Next question. Sorry. Yep. Doesn't matter. Let's keep going. Yep. Keep going. Uh, in in 1845, 79 people were killed while watching. Wow, this is a uh, a horsepower nutcracker. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> These are great. These are great questions. Seventy-nine people were killed while watching eighteen forty-five. So in eighteen forty-five, they wouldn't have had a, a nineteen sixty-eight Ford GT. So that narrows that down. Um, killed while watching eighteen forty-five. A ah, oh, this is this is actually really hard. Now I'm getting it competitive is- now. Um, let's go for, see, I want to go, I think a stunt double makes sense. Um, Air Force One kind of makes sense. Uh, actually, no, it doesn't for 1845. Uh, when yeah. did Air Force One come in? Um, uh, later than 1845, I'm guessing. Yeah, I feel like yeah. that was it. So, uh, 79 people were killed while watching. Oh, Samurai, maybe it is Samurai Sword and a Blowtorch. That seems to be my favorite. Let's go with that one again. <laughs> No, sorry. No, still wrong. You know what? We're going to get this eventually because that that's universal. If we were playing cards against humanity, we would have won already. That's right. By simply having samurai sword and a blowtorch. Okay, cool. Next one. Hit me with it. Ronald Reagan warned the White House squirrels about... I know this one. Uh, George Bush's dogs. Yep. There we go. Cool. Um, A hairdresser in Madrid cuts hair using a... Samurai sword and a blowtorch. There we go. Got it. Yes. yes. Ah, now I'm going to have to find a new go-to for questions I don't know. Uh, silly yeah, string. Silly string was invented to treat Michael Jackson. No. <laughs> um, silly string. Uh, look, I want to say heart uh, fatal heart disease. Fatal heart disease. Sorry. No. Uh, the okay. uni- that's the uni- why I'm not a doctor. <laughs> uh, the University of Houston allows handguns on campus, but uh, handguns, uh, water pistols are banned. Yeah, cool. Yeah, because you know, uh, water pistols way more dangerous. That can wreck your iPhone. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, when when Donald Trump is in a bad mood, he wears orange. 
Uh, I think it would make sense. Uh, asbestos, dandruff, that all works. Um, <laughs> or when Donald Trump's in a bad mood, he wears Michael Jackson. That also works. Um, I would say... Uh, he doesn't wear Air Force One. Um, what does he wear? Uh, a red hat. A red hat. Oh, yeah, that's the ma- the mega. All right. Yeah, perfect. Christmas tree lights can interfere with? Dandruff. <laughs> uh, they can interfere with? God, I just want to get all these wrong because there are some really funny answers here. Um, your Wi-Fi. Got that? Yep. All right. In 1942, half of the USA's penicillin stock were used on? Um, the, uh, do you know what I think? Oh, just one patient. Yep. Got on a bit of a roll now. Uh, yeah, cow- I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I get it now. <laughs> Cows produce five times as much saliva as? Michael Jackson. No, as um, uh, let me see, let me see. Cows produce five times. Oh, I know, milk. Makes sense. Yeah, it does. In hindsight, which yeah. incidentally, this year is actually 2020. Yeah. Uh, da Vinci designed uh, horse powered nutcracker. Uh, where are we? Uh, top line. Power. Yep. Cool. Yes. All right. A Japanese person who moves to America doubles their chances of? Oh, this is the fatal heart disease one because of the um, uh, high fructose corn syrup and the transessential fats in all of their foods and the incredibly large portion sizes. All right. Uh, here we go. Fatal heart disease. And coming up to the last 20 seconds, the 1912 Olympics were the last time that gold medals were made from? Real gold. Pure gold. Pure gold. So what, what would they be made of now? That's, that's strange. Uh, they, they're, a, um, uh, they're, a, they're a metal that are coated with a gold. It's a gold coating with like a metal alloy on the inside because it's way cheaper. Oh, that's a bit of a letdown. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Well, that's better than I. That's that's better than I thought. <laughs> um, I'll. I just want to check the. Um, oh, I think you have to sign up to get the answers. Uh, that's that's all right. Um, cool. Uh, I just that thought was I'd, awesome fun. Yeah, I just thought I'd something different, something just to break the ice a little bit, and um, yeah. Um, but the pressure, <laughs> oh, so much. But. Um, yeah, it's, re- it's really interesting being on the other side of that because normally when you're ans- uh, asking the question, you go, oh, that's obvious because I can see the answer written there because I'm running the show and I probably wrote the question. So that makes a lot more sense. But, um, yeah, on the other side, I'll, oh, that was that's exciting. I see why people like trivia nights now. Yeah, it's, it is it is quite exciting. I'm a bit of a trivia nut as well. My dad, we, we kind of go through the newspaper in the morning and um, we are quite competitive when it comes to the uh, trivia, so that's 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 our highlight of of the morning. And um, well, if you're if you and your dad are local, you should uh, get a team together and come down to the Belgian beer cafe 
on Tuesdays at 7pm because I have my regular trivia show. Okay, that's that's something I would consider, actually. So Belgium Beer Cafe, um, all yep, right. In the city, if you, if you can't find it, uh, it's at the bottom of Melbourne's tallest building, uh, Eureka Tower. So it's super easy. Okay. Super easy to find. Big tower. All right. Fantastic. That that's awesome. Um okay. And, and have you got any funny stories or any um has there been any anything while you've been doing trivia or anything surprising? You know what? There's a lot of people that argue questions and try and it's it's really interesting because you see a lot of people that try and cheat. And you go, it's trivia. It's not life and death. It's not like there's a life-changing house that you win at the end of it. Uh, you get like 50 bucks or 100 bucks at the bar, which is not going to change anyone's life. You know, there's some insanely competitive people there. And some that like to try and argue on um, uh, technicalities, which kind of kills the mood for everyone, to be honest. And then there's yeah, also some yeah. that just go, I don't care. I'm just here for the beer. And that's totally cool as well. <laughs> They're more fun by the end of the night as well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I was having a look at your um, your background, and uh, I didn't realize, but apparently you have autism. Is that correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, spot on, spot on. And my I chose to make my special area of interest communication, which is why I can burn the candle at both ends and do stuff like this and shows, and um, you know, still communicate quite well. Uh, it's a bit energy intensive, but first world problems. Yeah, right. So is that, I'm just curious about that because is that something that uh, really impacts you from day to day or is it? Um... Um, yeah, it's something, it's something you're born with. I've always been a bit different. Um, and that changes, definitely changes how I work and it changes what I'm able to do. And it changes the type of energy that I have to commit to different things. But having said that, now I'm uh, I've engineered my life, so I'm a little bit, uh, I'm able to mask better and I know myself better, so I'm more able to go through and do all sorts of different things. So uh, it makes life a, a lot easier now. So little things like, uh, you know, headphones, working out how to sleep better, having the right meds so that I can sort of slow my silly fast brain down uh, to calm and connect with other people and things like that but it's still uh it's still a learning curve and it's changes as you get older um so yeah i look forward to see what the uh what surprises the next 10 years bring yeah uh i'm a big i'm a big believer in meditation for me personally it's something that i do nearly every day and it's just five ten minutes a day and uh it's uh something that really stabilizes my own mind because i know that sometimes you can have a million thoughts going through your head at one time and uh yeah it's just a crazy place to be sometimes the mind when especially when you go by mm. when you're isolated we've just come out of isolation now but um yeah it's, it's funny a- when you when you look at isolation you see the the rise in mental health uh or mental health issues rather uh part of that is a lot of people had the distractions so they didn't have to think about a lot of stuff but if you spend uh, four or five months on your own uh, with your own thoughts, then you start to understand who you are and what's really happening in your world underneath all the noise. 
So I think that's one of the great gifts that Corona and lockdown has given us is the ability to get to know ourselves a little bit better. Sometimes that can be, that's not who I think I am. That's not where I thought I was at. But uh, immediately that may not feel like a gift, but in the long run, you have a more honest view of what's happening inside without the noise, without the cover, the faking it, without the, the, the stuff around you. And I think that's a really positive thing. And, and you're spot on with meditation. It's such a wonderful way to um, help your mind gain control, gain rest and gain perspective and understanding. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a believer that this, this whole period, this whole, this whole 2020 period has actually has been almost like a bonding period of Melbourne because you know, that there's that old state, that old saying that uh, teams that, or, Groups that go through tough times together, they uh, it's it's actually a bonding experience, and I think as a whole community, we have, uh, I'd say we are maybe a slightly maybe one percent more connected than than what we were before. Yeah. So there are positives that have that have come out of it. Absolutely, and you know what? It's happened. We can't control uh, Corona, but what we can do is control and take responsibility for our own actions. And part of that is staying, uh, keeping clean, keeping one and a half meters away, wearing a mask, doing all of that really common sense, good stuff, not only for ourselves, but for other people. And, you know, understand that the world doesn't evolve or revolve around us. And it's about being community minded. And I think before Corona, we missed some of that community stuff. And I think it's really great that we're sort of getting back into that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is really, um, refreshing yeah to see that happening at the moment and do you have any any pets or any uh yeah do you have any pets yeah i have a pet rock okay Uh, really (laughs) really great uh look i talk to it lots uh i i don't know i leave food out for it and it never seems to eat so it must be on a diet but um no i look i i adore animals i just love them not just hugging them but eating them as well um but the uh with the travel uh back in the dark ages when you're able to fly and travel and do things like that uh i used to travel lots uh for doing shows all over australia and all over the place so i didn't think it was really fair to have uh, a domestic pet a cat or a you know dog or something because i'd be traveling so much but having said that, uh, I have some wonderful friends that when they go away, I look after their animals and pets. So I'll have a week of puppy hugs here and there. And that is absolutely delightful. And I think that uh, a loved animal is one of the most calming and wonderful things in this world. Yeah, animals are, are of a different nature to, uh, yeah, they're definitely... Uh, there's a sense of calmness uh, around animals and uh, yeah, it's just something beautiful about them. And yeah, it's unfortunate because I live in an apartment and I want to get a, uh, I want to get a staffy, but yeah, they're just too boisterous to you and your designer dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good looking, good looking dogs though. I'll give you that, but um, you're right. And that's the, that's the other thing I, I, I look at. You've got to get a dog that matches your lifestyle. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a big commitment. Like I, like I say to everyone, um, you know, kids are not just for Christmas, and the same thing goes for puppies. Yep, absolutely. And how long have you been 
uh, I guess, so you, you have quite a, uh, a creative career, a quite, uh, well, um, yeah, a quite uh, unique career because you, you kind of dibble and dabble in different departments. So how, how yeah. have you, yeah. Uh, I think part of that, it looks like I do a lot, but really it's just using uh, the same skills of the same skill set in the most creative and interesting way that I can find. So uh, I normally say brain for hire. So have brain, we'll do stuff with it. Uh, and part of that is the uh, entertainment side, doing the comedy stuff and uh, hosting shows and things like that. And then the other side is the business strategy stuff and working through um, corporate problem solving and uh, looking at media and, and marketing strategy for you know brands and for uh, more developed businesses so i find it really fascinating and really interesting and i think the world is uh, such a wonderful place uh, that how can i not want to keep this thing fed and moving and doing as much as it can because i think that's really the exciting thing and that's also why i love trivia as well and i'm sure that's the same reason why you love trivia you walk away from it and even with the questions you get wrong, you still learn something new and that's something to put in the bank that you can use for later. And oh, it's just, it's just great. Fantastic. And I want to touch on that, that comedian, cause you are a comedian and more specifically uh, wit. I want to kind of touch on that area of wit. How does, how does one develop wit? Is that a skill that you're born with or is that something that, that, uh, that you can learn? Well, uh, you can be very witty, and if you don't, uh, if you if you're not particularly witty, then you look half witty. Okay, that's a tech. That's a technical term. Um, I think wit is something that um, actually, I think if if we look at comedy, I think some of the most inherently broken and beautifully broken people that I've ever met have been comedians. There are also some of the most intelligent people that I've ever met have been comedians as well, particularly observational comedians. So I, I think as a, as a genre and as an industry, it attracts uh, a really diverse range of people and is a wonderful melting pot of truth, which I think is interesting considering we're talking about light and superfluous laughing and things like that. So I think that there is a, a certain amount of honesty and truth within comedy and as far as wit goes, uh, I think, can it be learnt? Well, most of what I do uh, has been environmental, has been natural. It just happens to be how my brain works. And I was talking to uh, a, another great comedian, um, Sam Cerner, today, talking about her style of comedy. And for her, she's a, uh, she's a storyteller. So for each of us, we each have things to communicate. And... I think for each of us, our brains are organically wired to communicate those stories or those messages or those ideas in ways that are different to other comedians. And we also find that audiences prefer different types of comedy as well. So we look at storytelling, as I said before. So the guys in Melbourne really enjoy storytelling. Sydney guys uh, like a little bit of storytelling, but they're also big on one-liners. You know, And you look at these different types of audiences where different sorts of comedians have different success. So I find that really interesting. And particularly when you do things like um, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which I haven't done yet, but I hope to, and uh, the Melbourne Comedy Festival, which I'm doing this year as well. 
uh, with uh, Ben Sorensen's BBC. Uh, don't Google that. At the Belgian Beer Cafe, uh, I've got myself and a whole heap of other uh, fantastic comedians there. And it's, like I said, a great melting pot, lots of really interesting stuff. You'll be able to see and experience a whole heap of wit, uh, both uh, off-the-cuff wit and also pre-written wit, uh, both we'll very, out, very yeah. important. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, actually, I, I want to kind of rewind back into uh, the lockdown, and I and I and I managed to. Uh, I've got I've got a couple. I, I've got two. Sorry, I've got a friend that's a, friends that are a couple. Uh, their names are. Were they a couple name, before? Uh, they're, they're still there's a, a lot of people that had this sort of little internal housemate bubble sort of agreement thing going on. If you you know. Well, this this couple are still together, and their name is oh, that's good. their name is uh, George and Margaret, and they've recently bought a house together. And Margaret's uh, she's a bit of a sticky nose, and on Monday she was ex- inspecting the new house they bought. She noticed the toilet was leaking, so she yells out, "George, the toilet's leaking! Can you fix it?" George replies, "I'm not a plumber." Anyway, on Tuesday, Margaret notices that there's a few broken tiles. So she yells out to George, George, can you fix the tiles? Her husband replies, I'm not a tiler. Anyway, Wednesday comes around and she, Margaret, the sticky nose, she, she, she manages to see that the light globe's been blown. And she yells out to her husband, George, the light, globe, the light globe's blown. Can you replace it? For God's sake, woman, I'm not an electrician. Anyway, Thursday rolls around. George comes back from work and he asks his wife, oh, how was work? And to his surprise, Margaret was all up and positive and, and George is a bit curious, why are you so happy for? And Margaret said, oh, well, I got the neighbor to come over. He's helped me with a few things. He's helped me get the light globe, the toilet, the, he's fixed the tiles on the roof. And uh, George said, oh, what does he want for that? And Margaret said, well, he said, you can either sleep with me or bake me a cake. And, the, and the, the husband said, oh, what cake did you bake him? And Margaret said, I'm not a baker. So I've kind of find, I, I kind of rehearsed that a little bit before, before I came into this. So I love it wasn't that. too long winded. So um, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Oh, just because you're not a baker doesn't mean you don't have one in the oven. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh, nice work. Nice work. Do you have any, how does one, I mean, how does one start their comedic uh, career? Like you just got to throw yourself in there, I guess, to a certain degree. Well, you, you... I think a lot of people start their comedic career with suicidal thoughts and deep, dark depression <laughs> and possibly a messed up childhood. So, um, you know, I think that's that's a really great training ground for for comedy. But um, ha- having said that, there are some really great comedy classes uh, that you can do. I didn't do any of them, but there are a lot of comedy troops and classes out there that you can do to sort of hone your skills. Um, and I think the most important thing is working out why you want to do this. And that's the same, not just with comedy, but with voiceovers or with anything in life why do you want to do it that's the most important thing do you want to do it for uh the love of the craft do you want to do it for the challenge or are you doing it for the ego 
And that's a really important question because I think that success is a byproduct of being very good at what you do. Yeah. You know, and when we look at reality TV and we look at a lot of people that we um, are putting on pedestals at the moment as a society, you go, well, what if they, what do they do? What is the, what's the thing that they're very skilled at or very passionate about? And a lot of times it's not why they've become uh, popular. So I think when we look at comedy, it's important to understand why do you want to do this? What are your goals? What do you want to get out of it? And then you can look at, okay, well, how do I want to engineer or position myself to achieve those things that I want to get out of this? Because it's a big time investment and it's a big energy investment and you're always thinking about a bit or you're always thinking about a joke. So that's a really great way to start is to know yourself and work out what you want out of it. And then you can go and go explain to other people when you're doing these courses uh, to go, hey, this is what I want to get out of this. And you'll have a much richer experience that is much more on point. Cool. That sounds, uh, yeah, very, very awesome. That sounds awesome. Uh, it's so, not funny, but it's deeper than a kiddie <laughs> waiting pool. So that's a good thing. Fantastic. All right. Um, so is there any, is there any, uh, well, I, I read the other day that apparently knock-knock jokes have, have gone out of fashion as well. So um, I'm not sure. I've, I've always been a fan of the knock-knock joke. So um, I quite like that. I quite like a knock-knock joke. Yeah, I, I was, that was the uh, comedic bread and butter as a five-year-old. <laughs> that, that and fart jokes, two very important categories. It's good to have in the arsenal. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, literally in the arsenal. Literal. Sort of did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. Uh, well, um, I think I, I might end the uh, conversation here. It's been um, a pleasure speaking with you. It certainly and, has been great fun. Thanks for creating a space that we can have a chat as well. Cause uh, it's always great to have a yarn with a fellow Melbourneian and uh, to talk coffee and life. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. And do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. This has been Christian Buddy. Thank you. Thanks, guys.